Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Schaff, here. And today we are talking about purpose. Specifically, we are talking about what purpose means to men. Cannot tell you how many times I hear from men over and over again. I I did it. I followed the rules. I went to college. I got my master's. I have this big house. I have all the things. I have a beautiful wife, kids. I just feel like something is missing. And that causes so much grief and sadness for the man in question because what I believe deep in my heart is that men are here to serve as is aligned to their hearts. What they really feel in their intuition, they have this specific unique gift within them that becomes alivened and awakened in them as their children. And when they can harness that and utilize that in their lives, they become so fulfilled. And so when I meet men that have understood this, followed the breadcrumbs of this gift that they have or something that just in their heart said this, I need to do this. This is me. This feels right. It's so special. So today I'm really excited to have a beautiful conversation with Dr. Mark Mathis. He is someone that found his purpose quite early on. And though life has, of course, been ups and downs, he has followed it. And he has come to this point in his life where he is feeling successful and happy because specifically he is living from this idea of serving from his purpose. So he's a chiropractor. He attended Parker University. He graduated in August of 2018. He's a zealous and charismatic individual who loves the idea of contributing to people's health through education and application of chiropractic. He is extremely passionate about what he does. He spreads that passion to all of his patients. And I'm so excited to get to hear his story today to discuss purpose and manhood and really get into the heart of what it means to go from a life of being on autopilot to a life of really taking ownership for what your heart wants. So without further ado, Dr. Mark Mathis, welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you today? Doing well, really well. Obviously, it's been a shorter week with the holiday uh, coming up on tomorrow, but um, still what I believe to be a productive and fruitful three days. And so, um, yeah, just grateful to be ending the technical last work day of the week uh, <laughs> with the beautiful conversation. So I love it. Well, awesome. So before we dive into the meat of the convo, I want to ask you a question that I love to ask my guests on Venus and Mars, specifically the opposite sex guests, because it's just so fun and juicy to get the answers. What is your favorite thing about women? I, I hope this sounds okay, but I love their ability to compliment a man, like the way that they're able to compliment a man. And when I say that, I mean like uh, men are naturally uh, logical. Um, I love the balance of emotion that can be added into that um, because obviously you need to be able to have both, um, not only to have effective communication, but just to effectively express yourself as an individual. So um, having their presence, um, at least with the healthy relationship with the woman, uh, having that presence uh, allows a man to see he can express himself emotionally as well as logically. And also just the ability that a woman has to bring the gift that the man carries, like 
into life, basically. So there's the literal sense of that uh, as it pertains to uh, pregnancy and childbirth, mm -hmm. but then there could be a vision that a man has mm -hmm. and, you know, with the right woman, uh, the right company, um, she can help bring that, help cultivate that, you know, in a beautiful way. So um, I just love how, once again, like in the literal sense and in the figurative sense, like a woman can bring what a man carries to life, you know, make it something beautiful. So mm, women give life. I love that. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, I love that. The reverse is very true as well. And I've experienced that in my life too. Like this idea of when a man's presence can really help just like direct some rational thinking, some logical thinking. It really takes a lot of the creativity and just wild passion that sometimes women have. And it says, yes, yes, that's awesome. But like, let's make it happen. So here's some logical steps. <laughs> this is really fun. I love that. Okay. So let's dive into what you do that gets you lit up, that makes you feel so excited. There was something you said in the intro about me finding my purpose at an early age. Uh, What's interesting is, yes, it may have been earlier than many, but I personally feel like, uh, which I'm grateful that I realized that the time of my life when I did, but I personally feel like I struggled for a while. Uh, I really sought it out. I almost felt hopeless in it. Like mm -hmm. it was, it almost seemed as if I was surrounded by people who had found theirs. And it was mm. kind of discouraging. Mm. And so um, I remember a buddy of mine, uh, one of my best friends, and he was a radio show host. And he needed help getting this petition around to you know, get his show started, um, specifically with what he was trying to do. He wanted to have a, uh, or host a Christian uh, hip hop radio station. And so anyway, I just remember helping him uh, get signatures and whatnot. And I, I was very, I felt honored to be able to help him in that way. But then at the same time, I could go home and it's like, man, I'm helping him walk out his purpose. Mm. And I, what do I have? You know, I was just a kid in college and um, I think I was working at Raising Canes at the time, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. but uh, what, what, I, what I'll get to so that I don't stay on that story too long is I had to realize that the purpose that we seek out is not in, it's not in what we do, it's that we do it. And just to make that clear, our purpose is to help others, it's mm -hmm. to meet a need. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was discovering how I was going to do that. But once mm -hmm. I shifted my focus from the idea of my purpose lying in a career, um, it, it was a game changer for me. And um, long story short, I, I found myself finding gratitude and satisfaction in multiple areas. So I was a personal trainer at one point. I knew that that was making an impact on someone's life. I'm educating them on ways to get fit and healthier um, to, as far as what they can control, increase their longevity in life somehow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, helping build their confidence. Then I was also a mentor at some point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm giving guidance that I didn't have to, at this point in my life, uh, I was giving guidance to middle schoolers. That was something I didn't have at that age. Hmm. I didn't feel like I really had someone walking with me in life until 
I was maybe 19, 20. Yeah. And those are very significant years. However, I I do often wonder what would my life have been like, had been like if I had a mentor or someone along those line along that line, um, that you know, they were with me when I was in that middle school, like junior mm. age. So. But anyway, um, uh, just to get into what I do, once again, I, I did want to specify like uh, my main thing, my main goal in life was to seek out my purpose. And I just want to specify that, um, yes, I am a chiropractor, but I don't feel like that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed to be a chiropractor and serve in my purpose through the field of chiropractic. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm helping change lives uh, one day at a time. Um, and, you know, people come in with some of the the simplest of requests. They just want to be able to tie their shoes again or they mm-hmm. want to be able to pick up their kids with no pain or discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be able to sleep throughout the night without mm-hmm. any discomfort. And to know that my services, whether it's through uh, the chiropractic adjustment, educating them on different exercises they can uh, perform stretches uh change changing their nutritional habits um i'm honored to know that i can be in a position to where i can make that impact so that they can carry on doing the things that their hearts truly desire and so um yeah essentially that's what i do i'm a chiropractor uh, a doctor of chiropractic that's great um i love what you just said and you know what i have realized in my life and with the people I meet is you never want to stop doing what you're doing if there's some big, big reason behind it. Like you just know that for the rest of your life, you're going to be helping people be well. And, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be helping people heal their wounds. (laughs) And so for me, there were some pain points that were, were very prevalent in my childhood that have me now wanting to help people. And so what was it like for you kind of growing up, like health wise, that didn't really feel right? Like, what did you see that made you want to help in this way? I saw a lot of my family on a lot of medications. Mm. And it was concerning to me that um, they felt like they, they normalized it. Like, oh, yeah, I have to take my medicine. And then realizing, too, it's like, wait you're you're consuming some of the same foods and beverages um that put you in this position mm-hmm. that compromise your health in this way you're consuming some some of those things to take your medicine so isn't that kind of counterproductive mm. why are you drinking a coke to wash down your medicine um why are you eating this fatty greasy food to get your medicine to stay out mm. and so um I remember uh, going through high school and just feeling like there's something that the body should be able to achieve on its own without medicine. Mm. And I remember telling myself, like, I'm not going to take Tylenol or anything this time. I'm going to let this cold run its course or this headache, whatever it is I'm feeling. And then, yeah, I just I saw my mom take BC powders all the time for headaches. And, mm. you know, I saw my grandparents, you know, constantly on Tylenol and Bear, et cetera, and whatever. And I, just something didn't seem right to me about yeah. that, you know? So I just, this curiosity, which I feel like it was God given, this curiosity to see what the body could accomplish mm. on its own. 
was sparked within me. And so, because you were living in that, you're yeah. you were also kind of programmed in that way. So, how did you? What was that first spark? Like, how did you think differently? I just remember being somewhere around high school age, like in my, mm. my teen years, and just feeling like I don't want to take medicine this time. Let me just see if I can let it pass on its own and see how soon I can recover or how I feel mm. if I don't take any medication. And I just remember getting old enough to say like, no, I don't want to take anything. I'm fine. Yeah. I had to say so. I took advantage of that and it's like, no, I'll be fine. I'll just let it, you know, do its thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what it was. Like I said, I feel like it was a God given thing because the, in the profession of chiropractic, there's a philosophy that we go by which says the power, the power that made the body heals the body. Mm. And so that I really connected with that, you know, mm. when I, when I got, uh, ex- exposed to the profession finally I was like wow I've been believing that for some years now you know like I really wanted to see what my body can do for itself mm. so um yeah really that was it for me like it was really just curiosity <laughs> yeah and it intuition turned, yeah absolutely yeah. and it just turned into something that I practiced so mm. That's so cool. Remember when we talked before you were telling me about like a story a family friend of yours like inspired you in a way around being a chiropractor and you just kind of wanted to follow him what was that all about he wasn't a family friend he was Mm. a church member okay yeah and he was a chiropractor okay and uh i was 12 being a nosy kid yeah so this is even earlier on so i love oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah so I i remember overhearing him saying something about having dinner with the client and like hey what what career are you in? You're having dinner yeah. with clients. What do you do? And so he <laughs> says, I'm a chiropractor. That's literally all I got is I'm a chiropractor. I have oh, okay. practice do, mm. but um, just being the, j- just with the desire to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so used to my peers saying that they wanted to be lawyers or nurses mm-hmm. or um, professional athletes even. Mm-hmm. And so I just said one day, literally in class, I, w- I just wanted to stand out. And the teacher asked, um, who knows Who knows what they want to be when they grow up? This student <laughs> said, this one said, this, whatever. And I raised my hand. I was like, <clears throat> I want to be a chiropractor. <laughs> Complete that. ignorance. Okay. <laughs> like, I had no idea. So, but that was like, I committed to the idea of seeking that out. And so oh. I went through high school. And um, I found out uh, I was advised to go into kinesiology. And um, long story short, that same guy that I went to church with, the last time I had seen him, I was about 14. Mm. I was a freshman in college. So this is four years past now. And I had to observe uh, at different clinics. And it just so happens that his clinic was one of the clinics that I had to observe at unknowingly. I didn't even realize it was this. And when I got there and saw him, I was like, wait, he's the reason that I even wanted to mm. He's the reason that I even looked into this. So that was confirmation for me. And um, I saw him treating this geriatric patient. Uh, she had pretty severe scoliosis, uh, pretty noticeable. I mean, I say severe, it's pretty noticeable scoliosis. But seeing his bedside manner with her and like, 
once again the seeing the philosophy of the power that made the body heals the body mm-hmm. heals the body and just seeing the way that he cared for her i was like man this i'm really connecting to this like mm-hmm. i need to be a part of something like this so um that was that that was in 2011 me and my family went on a cruise in 2014 that guy was on a cruise ship Cut up like wow we're not even in the states anymore wow <laughs> you know? so, that's incredible um, yeah, I just felt like it was confirmation after confirmation. And uh, I just really believe God, he aligned everything, you know, like mm-hmm. he really just laid it out for me. Like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. Mm. So Good for you. I love the way that you just can like recognize that it's all these little breadcrumbs and picking those up and just knowing that it'll all be okay. And what I really get from you, correct me if I'm wrong, is this like lack of urgency to like get somewhere like what's next kind of a thing in the sense of being a chiropractor like you said is not your purpose it's like your vehicle to which you Mm -hmm. serve your purpose so the vehicle could change or it could grow or it could expand it could shift into different things and I think that creates like a sense of calm and stability right Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people that don't feel like they've unlocked their purpose they're like oh I got to start my business and I got to make a hundred million dollars and then I'm good. Right. Then they do. And then they're not good. Right. Anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to share. I'm getting from you in that. Yeah. um, And I think that's a fair observation. Um, By nature, I'm definitely more of a laid back personality. Mm. Um, And I can be more of a go with the flow type guy, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I do experience pressure. Mm. whether that's um, just acknowledging my present reality, like my current reality, mm-hmm. uh, or just the pressure that I may place on myself to mm-hmm. be like, no, you don't need to be so go at the flow. Like, you need to set mm. some goals and you need to make sure this gets done, you know? So um, it's it's situational. It's situational. So what it's are your, some like goals related to what you do for yourself? So something you just said was, um, basically growing in what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, also to another point you made, like I may not be doing chiropractic forever. I, I could end up doing something else, you mm-hmm. know, but my current goal is to continue to develop uh, in the profession that I'm in um, from a clinical standpoint to make sure, um, you know, that I'm even more efficient um, as a business owner um to make sure that you know i'm just adding value to everyone that comes in mm-hmm. and then to eventually just going back to the business owner standpoint like to grow in a sense to where i can expand mm. and i don't just limit myself to one space one area i want to see how i can reproduce myself as a chiropractor as a business owner over time you know, how can I pass my experience and my experience down uh, to someone else coming behind me? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how can I also, how can I help them to value what we do from a sense of purpose the same way that I do? Because mm-hmm. I, I personally just believe that just like any other profession, you can be in this field and you can definitely like, I mean, you spend time with people, you exchange energy, you use your body to treat people, mm. which can 
can be very taxing. Mm. And if you don't keep a sense of purpose in mind, that can really take a toll on you. Okay. And um, I actually have quite a few classmates that either, so I just graduated in 2018 and some of them are no longer practicing. Oh, wow. Some of them actually never got into practice. You know, mm. some people that I went to school with mm. and it was just that realization that this is not a profession you want to get into just to make money. Yeah, that's a huge... No, none is, right? Like, there's right. no profession you want to get into just for money. Honestly, I I just don't yeah. believe it's going to serve you well if that's what you're getting into it for anyway. Yeah. Um, because you have to think about your mental. You have to think about your spirit. And you can lose those if your main goal... Because here's the thing. Let's just say you find something where, you know, you make great money. But how do you function how do you operate once you experience pay cuts and or you losing or you losing your job wherever you go you know like mm -hmm. if all you're doing is seeking out money you can't keep a peace of mind as you go through those transitions you know what i mean so yeah. um anyway just like offering perspective yeah. like that That's i actually had the opportunity to speak uh at my alma mater and that was something that i told the students i was like just be very intentional with what you do. Like when you go out into the field, be intentional and it's gonna serve you well. Please do not chase the check. You mm. want to be if you do so. So uh. yeah, I just wanna want expand and I wanna wanna pass the business mindset along as I continue to grow in it mm -hmm. and purpose mindset along. So. so cool, Mark. I love what you're saying. I think the money thing is such a big one. I think the 20th century in general for the Western world has been essentially a time period in which men have been told that their only value is the money they make. And it's sad. It's disconnected men from their hearts, for sure. It's like we wonder why men are constantly thinking about the paycheck, but we program them to think that way since the Industrial Revolution. So it's this like relearning, unlearning, shifting yeah. time right now. And I, I see so many men that are saying, oh, yeah, like there's still an emptiness after I make a hundred million dollars. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It's so beautiful to hear you talk about how life is just so multidimensional. And it always is for women. And it's just like we've had these conversations about how multidimensional life is for women. And it's about damn time that like we have these conversations about how multidimensional life should be for men. Yeah, um, uh, there was this older gentleman I met a few years ago, and I'm just sharing this quick example. Um, he expressed to me how he had this job for maybe 20 years. At the time I met him, he may have been in his 50s. And um, he was at this job for 20 plus years making great money. And he expressed to me how it came with all this stress, you know, uh, with all that they asked of him, it didn't feel like enough. Hmm. and he transitioned into another job and he said he took a pay cut but the peace of mind was worth it yeah and so just holding on to interactions like that it's like i want to experience that i, I want to know that um you know even if i feel like i'm not making enough you know like everything's going to be fine and ultimately yeah. yeah like obviously you want we have to keep up with the cost of living you know you have expenses so you want to be very mindful of that but your piece is just as valuable, if not more so, you know, so.
you don't want to get so caught up in that, like the idea of just chasing totally. the And what I find is like, when we want to expand in doing something that helps people and that really lights us up, the money follows. The money expands oh, yeah. too. It, it's all possible. It's like this paradigm, this old paradigm of like, make a lot of money, have a miserable life or like be at peace and have no money, I think is not true. There's a beautiful opportunity to realize that abundance comes from generosity. Absolutely. Let's dive into health and like the specific elements of health, like on a macro scale and a micro scale. What do you think people that come to see you, what do you think they're ailing from? Like, what are they generally ailing from? I know that's a really big question. And those are my thoughts. It's like, wow, there's such a broad, mm. a broad presentation that I see. If I can sum it up mm. into one statement, it's a lack of knowledge. We've all heard the saying, when you know better, you do better. Mm. And now, I, I personally believe Recently in my life, I've shifted that thought from when you know better, you do better to when you know better, you apply better. Yeah. Like basically just saying like, just because you know better doesn't mean you're going to do better. Mm -hmm. And that's not like, it's just like, you know, you're supposed to drink a certain amount of water daily, but you're probably not going to do that until it clicks for you. And then you begin to apply that. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, the patients I see, it's no lie. Like some of the most consistent advice I give is stretch more, drink more water. Yeah. And I typically have to say that. Why? Because when I ask, what's your water intake like? Mm, could be better. <laughs> Do you stretch? Uh, Oh man. <laughs> so so like yeah. those are basics. I like mm. I feel like those are life's basics. Mm. But sometimes people don't know that. They don't realize how simple it really is. And so that's that's another beautiful part about being in my position. It's like it's like, yes, I'm a doctor and I do have some complex cases to see. It's not that simple with everyone. Mm-hmm. But you would be surprised how that simple information has changed so many people's lives. Mm. And so that's why I suffer. Like, it's just lack of knowledge. It's like, stop sitting a certain way. Don't sleep in this position. Stop eating these foods. You know, like, I feel like it's, it's simple information, but at the same time, if you don't know, you don't know. Totally. Don't sit on the wallet. You know, stop crossing your legs all the time. It's it's really simple information. Wow. That yeah. is so really like simple. I said, I think it's just lack of knowledge. And that's why... I believe the most valuable thing I can do for a patient is educate them. Like, mm. yes, what I what I do with my hands as far as the adjustment and, you know, the cupping, the scraping, the active release technique, like all these different soft tissue techniques are beneficial. Mm-hmm. But it's the education component mm-hmm. that I believe has the most value. I love that. Ugh, paired what you do with what I do <laughs> in the sense of, my fundamental belief is a lot of people don't do what's good for them because of deep, deep sense of unworthiness. So like they're crazy statistics, like people will focus on like making sure their dogs have what they need much more than they'll like give themselves what they need. Even if they're, for example, like 
Dr. Jordan Peterson did the study around people that were chronically ill and were dying and they really just needed to take some medication for like a three month period to extend their lives. They couldn't do it because yeah, there's this like level of unworthiness. There's this just like, doesn't matter. There's a lot of like stuff going on beneath that. And I'm curious your thoughts around like, you talked about your family from before and just like what you saw, this idea of living on autopilot, you know, like doing the same unhealthy things over and over again. What do you think is happening there? Why? The interesting thing about that is they have an impact on one another. And when I say they, I mean um, your choices and the food you eat. Mm. Your choices have an impact mm. on the decisions you make as far as what you consume, but mm. also what you consume has an impact on the way you think. Mm. And so people don't realize that the effect, the negative effect that poor nutrition can have on your brain chemistry, uh, your cognitive function, like the way that you operate and uh, your ability to be sharp and you know, have these effective thinking skills like your nutrition or lack thereof, it has mm-hmm. an impact on that as well. And environment has a huge thing to do with that. Um, and in short, you know, uh, obviously we're all exposed to different things mm-hmm. uh, in the homes that we grow up in. Some of us like the resources. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, like, just going back to you asking me about, you know, what is what is it that patients are seeking out uh, when they come in and see me? And, and like, well, something I see is lack of knowledge. And I think the same thing yeah. goes with what's going on with people when they're living in autopilot. They yeah. just don't know. Yeah. And that's that's what makes me so grateful because I was able to get the information at some yeah. point. And so now I feel obligated. You know, like it's an honor to be able to pass it on to patients, but now I feel obligated even to pass it on to family. Yeah. Um, the yeah. only struggle with that is we all came up in the same environment. So whereas I look at them saying, hey, you don't have to still operate as if you're in that same, like you really can't make better choices. Um, they're looking at me like, well, why aren't you still making the same choices that we are? What What's wrong with you? Mm. And it's, it's just interesting how that goes. You can get picked at or ridiculed for making healthier choices by people who are making unhealthier choices. Mm. Mm. And I just believe it's, once again, like if they would develop a healthy relationship with their nutrition to where it's like, okay, I'm not just eating grass. You know, I'm not just eating healthy food. Like, yes. I'm trying to live. I yes. want to live a full life as much as I can control. I, re- I read this book and I love it. It's, it's added so much value to my perspective on health as a whole. And one of the things is called Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson. And one of the things that the book talks about, it's a simple, it's a simple thought, in my opinion, but a lot of people won't consider it. And that's if you can change your perception of what you eat, it can have a more positive impact on you. Mm-hmm. And so, or the things you consume in general. Mm-hmm. For example, like a lot of people won't eat vegetables just because they don't like the way they taste. 
Yeah. But if you can change how you perceive those vegetables and you can understand the benefits and how it makes you feel and the way it makes you function, you will actually start to benefit from it. Like you'll realize that you're supposed to benefit from it and you will start to. Uh, the same goes with water. People are used to flavor, right? So they want juice and they want the coffee with the creamer and the sugar. And yes. They want whatever else. And it's like, well, your your body is made up of <laughs> anywhere from 60 to 70% water. You actually need it to survive. Mm. Don't allow yourself, get out of autopilot and stop convincing yourself that I've made it this long with these habits. That doesn't mean you're thriving. You're just... You're just stuck. You're, you're stuck in... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, like you survive, you go from one day to the next, but you're still dealing with these inexplainable aches and pains and you're still very forgetful. Like there are some things that you're unable to recall, like mm. literally the things you consume, it has an impact on everything. Mm. And so, yeah, like I said, just to go back to the original question, um, it's, it's just what people don't know. And then beyond that, it's what they don't care to know mm -hmm. or care to apply once they know it. Mm -hmm. Totally. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and I have a fun little analogy, actually, that I just, my life coach, Nick Tilly, actually shared this with me at some point. He actually made an analogy to healthy food and like healthy relationships, too. So he basically was talking about like, if you're eating processed food, right, and all the junk and all that stuff, you have high highs, low lows, and you're used to that. And so if you think about like a, a really healthy meal, some Brussels sprouts, for example, I don't know, just to say something that yeah. doesn't sound good because you're so used to those high highs and low lows, that sounds just like calm and steady. So if you're thinking about a relationship and you're someone that's been in like patterns of toxic relationship, high highs, low lows, and then you meet somebody that is like calm and steady, you probably won't even attract them. They won't even attract, be attracted to you. But if on the off chance they are, you won't even consider them, even though they would be so good for you, right? Absolutely. So, but once you stop eating the processed food, the toxic relationships, for example, yeah. and you start to like implement the healthy things, you start to crave the healthy things. Absolutely. And your whole life changed. <laughs> That's pretty plain. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah. That was but mm. that just goes back to the point, too. If you don't know that, you know, if you hadn't been exposed hey. to it. And then even beyond that, like, you still have to have the willingness to apply the knowledge. Totally. What okay. are you What are you going to do with it once you know? You know, so maybe, uh, admittedly, I don't believe I truly witnessed a healthy relationship until I was an adult. Mm, mm -hmm. But even still, mm -hmm. it took me some years after being exposed to those healthy relationships to like really get to a place of being intentional about creating and seeking out a healthy relationship as well. It's like, yeah, I've seen it, but uh, I'm still used to toxicity. You know? <laughs> I'm still used to some dysfunction. I feel this you. This is normal to me. Like, this is what I know. So this is going to appeal to me in a sense. Yeah. And so um, it's ironic that you even mentioned that about processed food. So I do have my pleasure food on the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's typically out, though. I've been on what I feel like an intentional 
healthier diet or healthier, let me say lifestyle. You want to say diet? Yeah, not diet, lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. I've been eating more healthily intentionally for about the last six years. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't until this summer. Uh, and, and just to give a little more background to that, I started working out with bodybuilders. And mm-hmm. my perception is that it's like, well, if they look like that and that's what they're eating, then I need to eat like that too. Mm. And so little did I realize they, a lot of them were not eating healthy. Mm. The only time they're strict about their nutrition is when they're getting ready for a show. Right. In the off season, when, you know, the goal is just to grow, they, they eat whatever. And considering I'm, I'm never competing, I'm thinking, well, I just need to eat the way that I'm always in off season. I need to eat the way that they mm. eat. And so I had to realize like, man, I'm in my twenties with terrible joint pain. Like, what am I doing wrong? Mm. And so then I started stretching, foam. Then I was like, okay, this that'll help me, you know. Then I realized, like, okay, I don't benefit from doing the same exercises as them. Let me do what caters to me. And then I had to realize I cannot eat those same foods. Because in reality, they're hurting too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But they don't realize that that's probably why, because they're consuming those things. And me having the knowledge I do on how we access inflammation uh, through food, it's mm-hmm. like, I know better than this. I, mm-hmm. I don't need to consume these things. And so um, I had uh, this summer, I had reduced it down to at least eating rice cakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Still a processed food. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah, that. that was the. The only snack I would eat, I wouldn't eat any cakes and candy, and all, I, like literally just rice cakes. But then it's still a processed food. And so I even cut those out. And so at this point, if I don't cook it or it's not some type of almond or pistachio, probably not eating it. You know, like I said, I'll eat out on the weekends, but mm-hmm. I bring it up to say, like, I felt like I owe that to myself mm-hmm. to have that knowledge and apply it and yeah. see how well I could respond to it. And it's made a huge difference. In the last few months, I feel better than I have in my entire 20s. Mm. I, I just felt like I owed that to myself. So thank you for sharing that. Place, yeah, I think that's a place a lot of people have to shift to. Like, do you think you, you spoke on like not feeling worthy? It's like, do you yeah. not think you're worthy of yeah. a healthier life? Yeah. You don't have to suffer like this. Yeah. You only and it's like intuition strikes again. Like so yeah. many people see these like bodybuilders with the abs yeah. and the muscles. And I'm just yeah. like, half of them, no shade. Yeah. All good. But half of yeah. them can't like touch their elbows <laughs> together, <laughs> like, you know, or their hands even. And like, well, I was going to say, I can't. No, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I get you. Like their arm. And I think. I mean, as a woman, just speaking plainly, it's like what's really sexy is like agility, like the ability for when we see like a man like moving, like he can quickly like do something or like move from this place to that place. And I just I love seeing all the men really taking this like primal exercising like into their lives. I see a lot of guys doing it, like doing like 
lots of martial arts style, like dance style movements, like mm-hmm. calisthenics in that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really cool to see that because it's like getting more in touch with that like warrior element. And it's not right. just like lifting weights to like get right. big muscles. Right. That's my perspective. How do you feel about that? Oh, no. I I mean, I, I think it's a solid perspective for sure. Yeah. Uh, as a former athlete, uh, mm-hmm. I too believe that there's an advantage to being mobile, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's just in reality. Like mm-hmm. uh, the muscles, the bones, like it, the joints are made to move. Right. And so restricting yourself like that is like uh, right. really selling yourself short, you know? And so I can agree with that, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's how we're designed to be. We're yeah. designed to move. And so, yeah. yeah. I love that. And, you know, we just, we live such a sedentary life. That's why some people feel so, they have such a lack of identity in their own identity around like, I'm a healthy person that moves a lot and eats well. This is a rare identity now for people. It's almost like, what are you doing tomorrow for Thanksgiving? Oh, well, I'm going to meet up with my family and friends. But before that, I'm going to go move my body and like saying it in a way that's like exciting. Like, I can't wait. And that's because I've like built this identity around like I'm somebody that moves my body often. And I think that food goes in the same way. It's like, I'm somebody that X as opposed to, I know James Clear talks about this. Have you read Atomic Habits? No, I haven't heard of that one. It's a great one, but he really helps people see that like, it's not, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. It's I'm going to become a person that shows up to the gym often. It's not, I'm going to write a book. It's I'm going to become somebody that writes every day. It's an identity shift and it's a profound shift. And I think people that are living on autopilot need that information. Like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, typically we're, we're so limited to once again, it's the environment we're in and in the environment that you spend the most time in or that you brought up in whatever that's where you're going to gain most of your perspective and so it's not until you step outside of that until you gain a different or arguably better perspective mm. and so um yeah i mean there are just some people who may not be fortunate enough to hear a perspective like that but that's what it's going to take that's that's what it's going to take to make that shift, like hearing something like that. And you almost have to, I don't want to make it sound so dramatic, but you almost have to run and not look back. It's not to forget where you come from, but if being in that environment held you back more than anything, like if you if you get the slightest bit of exposure to something better than what you're used to, you should run to that. Mm. Yeah, like it's, I mean, still love and acknowledge those from, you know, the environment in which you came from. But if you had the opportunity to see better and the the, the smallest inkling and you actually value that, chase that. Mm. Chase that. And that's, that's what's going to contribute to the shift. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, a lot of times we just operate out of fear, right? It's like that that looks nice and all, that seems nice and all, but 
no, I don't, I don't think I can do well in that type of environment. I can do well. Like, I just can't see like that. I can't think like that, whatever. So it's like, no, you, you have to allow yourself to see bigger, greater. Like you have to know that there's more than what you know, that like, you have to know that there's more than what you're familiar with. And so, um, yeah, I mean, th there there are a few things to keep in mind as it or take into consideration rather as it comes to uh, or as it pertains to uh, coming out of autopilot. You know what I mean? Mm. But that's just those are my thoughts on it. Mm. I just feel like, you know, if you have the opportunity to be exposed to anything better or, you know, different than what you're used to and just something in you tells you, like, I should dive a little deeper into that. You need to run to it. And don't mm. back. that's such good advice such good advice thank you for that oh, i actually didn't even realize i was giving advice but yeah I guess so. <laughs> you totally <laughs> were see i love that so my question to you is you get off autopilot you start to feel your body you see a chiropractor you do all the things how does all that make a person a better friend or a better lover you and i for sure bro both understand that if it impacts the mind impacts the body and vice versa there are certain things that happen to the to the mental that um it can literally cause dysfunction anywhere in the body mm. and and we're we're talking more so along the lines of stress at this point right mm -hmm. but uh stress literally has the potential to like shut the body down you know and so um stepping into self-care practices such as seeing a therapist getting a massage seeing a chiropractor something that not only relaxes and, and okay i'm sorry let me let me take a step back even the physical like if you're having knee pain or hip pain low back pain neck pain you don't you're so focused on your pain that you really can't be present with loved ones you really can't be the best friend or the best lover because you're always thinking about how uncomfortable you are. So combining self-care practices such as seeing a therapist or a counselor, life coach, whomever, um, you know, getting massages, seeing a chiropractor, doing yoga, uh, practicing on your breathing technique, there are different necessities in life. Um, that addresses everything from the mental to the physical, and it allows you to become more attuned. It helps you to be more present. And in turn, you can become a better friend or a lover because you finally, I guess if I could simplify it to this, you can't cater to someone else effectively if you don't know how to cater to yourself. Bingo. That, yeah. And so learning to cater to yourself in those ways, you're naturally going to know how to cater to someone else better. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful because for me, it's like health is the doorway like to mm -hmm. the richness of like mind, spirit, all of the soul, all of these things around. Like if I can intuitively eat, I know exactly what my body needs when it needs it. I'm like taking care of myself. Like you mentioned all those in all those ways, then I know my boundaries. I know what I need, what I don't need. I know that I'm at cause for everything that's going on in my life. I'm not like blaming someone else for something. I, when I have full access to my body in that way, in my mind, then I can really just like hold all of those things 
-hmm. in my life. And when I can do that, then I can validate someone else's boundaries. I can validate something that might be going on for them and saying like, I'm here to support you, but that's not mine. Right. And that's so meaningful in relationship. Absolutely. I love that. So question, what I love just learning. I love learning from like professionals that come onto the show and just like speak on their craft. What do you think are some differences in the way that you see men and women relating to their bodies when they come to see you? It's a really good question. <laughs> if I could try to reach for a thought quickly, I've had to learn in different areas of life that is not so much man versus woman, it's just individual. Mm. Because I can have a man that comes in completely out of tune with his body and no awareness. Mm. And I can have another man that comes in, he has full awareness. Mm. The same with the woman. She may have no awareness of what's going on in the body. Then there's another one that has full awareness. So I, essentially, I think it's a, an individual thing. It just varies. Mm. It really does vary from yeah. person to person. I really can't categorize that for man versus woman. I guess, is there just like a typical pain point that more men feel somewhere versus a typical pain point for women? No. Okay. This is awesome. I love the answer can totally be hell no. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to think like, no, like, cool. What I will say is there are common areas for everyone. Okay. And so what, but even to that point, you can have someone who is, very calm, very reserved by nature. Okay. And they never break a sweat. They never say a word. For example, if I work on, let's say a patient has knee pain Mm. and I'm working on either their quads or their hamstrings, there could be someone who, once again, they're very reserved by nature. They're not very expressive. And if I hit that common spot that's an issue on everyone, they're yelling or like they're making a face or something, you know? Mm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely, I would just say that there are common sights on people in general, you know what I mean? But not like, yeah, men show this more and women show this more like, no, everybody has low back pain. Everyone has some type of pain in their traps because of how we sit or how much stress we have from work mm-hmm. or life, whatever. So, yeah, no, it's not really specific to male or female. I love that. More similarities. Yeah, absolutely. We need that. You know, we've talked a lot about a lot of things. We've kind of covered like the initial little inklings of you wanting to help people, how that's kind of taking you through your teen years, your college years, through your 20s into where you uh, own your business. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about the business, like where you're at, just a little bit about it. We started the business, it's myself and my business partner, uh, Dr. Alex Williams. And um, we started school together. Um, we graduated together. And I had gotten really close with this family at school. Uh, as a result, I maintained a relationship with everyone after we graduated even. And when the pandemic hit, I was working for a clinic. They let everyone go as most people or a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, And my business partner and my my friend, he was being furloughed from the job he was at. And so um, I communicated with his mom. I was 
in the pursuit of starting my own thing. And she was like, well, why don't you two do something together? And I was like, doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yeah. And I to him and I was like, bro, your mom said we should start something <laughs> together. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. And so since June 1st of 2020, uh, he and I have been operating inside Hidden Gym in Allen. Nice. Um, it's, it's really cool to be, so it's essentially we're sports-based chiropractors. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we treat a lot of bodybuilders, but we're not limited to just those types of athletes. We see Olympic lifters, power lifters, crossfitters, basketball, football, soccer, baseball, like in mm. most sports that you can think of, tennis, whatever. Dan we see, we treat dancers as well, you know, like gymnasts, whomever. There are so many different types of athletes that we get the opportunity to see. And um, it's cool, honestly, mm. you know, to get exposed to these things because um, it challenges what we already know, but it also pushes us to learn more because I may not be as knowledgeable in golf, but if I want to understand how I'm going to help this athlete, I need to understand the biomechanics like where most of the stress is placed on a golfer. You know, at what, mm -hmm. what stress points are there really, you know, on a golfer? Where should I be aware of the the need, you know, mm. uh, or relief or improved function, whatever? And so, um, yeah, that's that's it. Like, we're inside a gym, hidden gym outlet. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really just the perfect setting to be in because um, outside of the the referrals that we get from outside of the gym, you can you can be a member there or you know even visiting you know as a guest yeah and you just back there and you can see you know i'm, I'm not saying we just take walk-ins like that like ideally you schedule with us but at least you can come and check in with us and see like hey what do you guys do how can i get on schedule how soon do you have availability ever and so it's it's also an easy way to market ourselves because we're just there that's awesome know? i mean that's how i found out about you yep Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, full on fan of Hidden Gym in general. It's just like a great community vibe. It's such a good gym. One of the best gyms I've ever been a part of. So I love that. I want to do a little fun exercise as we wrap it up here. Okay. So we've heard so much about your story and I just, I really loved some of the themes you were talking about, some of the advice you gave, just all the things that I think people listening to this specifically men listening to this will be able to say like, wow, yeah, like what is inkling for me? What is in my heart? How do I want to serve? How can I help people in a way that isn't specific to my job or the place I show up and work in? It's like it can shift. Right, right. So it is November 23rd, 2022. Imagine yourself on November 23rd, 2032. Okay. So take a moment. You can close your eyes for this if you want to do this. I just, I love doing these things live. So gentlemen that are listening can do this for themselves as well. Just take a moment and it's a regular Wednesday. So it's a work day. Tell me about your day. Tell me about your ideal day 10 years from now. What do you want the day to look like? And just walk me through it from morning till night and include as many or as little details as you want. But this is a great exercise on vision and prioritization of what's important and deprioritization of what is not important. My hopes is that at that point, I will have found um, who will be my wife mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we will be 
happily uh, married, um, happily and healthily married, and um, maybe a kid too. I don't know. A lot can happen in 10 years. I, I have no idea. But um, yeah, just still in a routine of I'm a spiritual guy. So I definitely want to get up and you know take time to acknowledge God and thank him for allowing me to see another day. This is another opportunity to serve, whatever that looks like. And so um, that's the start of my day. Um, you know, acknowledging my family, whatever that looks like, you know, sending them off well for their day. Um, and then 10 years from now, my hopes is to be coaching in some way in this profession. Mm. Um, I mentioned earlier in the episode, guiding someone along their journey as a doctor of chiropractic mm. and maybe a potential business owner and just adding value to their life in that way. Mm. Um, I hope to still be active, get a good workout in on this fine Wednesday, <laughs> November 23rd, 2032. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still move. I'm still very much in tune with my body. I, you know, I still have that awareness. Um, I'm living, I'm just living comfortably and peacefully. Mm -hmm. My heart's desire will always be to serve. And so just knowing that I served yet another day in some mm. way, form, maybe come in contact with a stranger or maybe someone I know, mm. offer some words of encouragement that adds to a perfect day for me. Yeah, just however I can give to someone, you know, that, mm. that would ultimately make the perfect day for me. Wow. And then we're talking to the family and, and serve them in some way. Yeah. Wow. It's very beautiful to hear that. It's like family coaching, right? Like facilitating mentorship, yeah. continuing to help people in their wellness. And I think that's just such a great North Star. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us, everybody listening about your story, just sharing your perspectives. Also, you're just like calm and present nature is very healing, very, very beautiful and inspiring. So thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course. Before we jump off, will you uh, just let everyone know where they can find you if they want to come in, make an appointment, if they're in Dallas, or they just want to find you online? Yeah. So um, I'm on Facebook, Mark Mathis Jr. Also, I'm on Instagram. I do serve. That's I-D-O-S-E-R-V-E. I do serve. And then uh, my business page on Instagram is ignite health underscore wellness. And so, yeah, if you want to get in for an appointment, you can message me directly. You can message the business page directly. Um, there's also a link in the bio on both my personal and business page. So whatever route you want to take, we'd be glad. We'd be glad to help you. So Love it. And I'll drop all those links down in the bottom of the episode. Hope y'all have enjoyed it and until next time.